And in this day and age, I'm hoping that people see as quick as you get it. It's like dope money. Come quick, leave quick. So when it comes to this technology, exactly what it is, you got instant gratification. Then you can touch as many people with it as quick as they want to go. They can pull it from you. And right now we're talking about, are we talking about a virus? A virus, that's what we talked about. SIRS, MERS, BIRD, swine, Ebola, now Corona. Like, come on, folks. I mean, you got to really, you got to read the tea leaves, bro. You gotta, the devil's in the details. And with that said is, if you look at the recovery numbers on what we're talking about, I don't know what it is, but I guess the flu went on vacation on this year. Heart attacks went on vacation. vacation this year. Like, everything went on vacation this year when it came to, I'm talking about, what you, you know, what we're going through right now. Right. Okay. And let's just call it spade a spade. And the reason I can have this conversation is because my family comes from communism. They fled communism. They had everything taken away from them. Everybody got murdered. Everybody got killed. And... That's the reason me, being a first-generation Cuban-American, or maybe us, being first-generation Cuban-Americans, I look at freedom and I appreciate that shit. I appreciate opportunity. I appreciate anything that you give me. All I need is a little slip, partner, and I got you. And that comes from the fact that when a Castro took over everything, and I'm looking at what's going on right now, the only person here that's hot, 38 hot. It's Castro. He's going, y'all did it with a virus? Shit. Y'all took over the world with a virus? Y'all gotta be kidding me. He had missiles pointed to the United States of America during the Russian Missile Crisis. Wow. During the Bay of Pigs and what they went, went on through. So, this shit gets deep. The only thing is, is do you want to realize how deep it is? You know, that's, that's the way I look at this shit. And even going into this, I don't know if y'all know about this, but might as well put it out there, especially in y'all show, because y'all got folks that need this more than anybody. We all need it. There's a, there's a, a rehearsal that went, went on, that went on before this whole shit. It's called Event 201. October 18th, 2019. This shit came out. It was ran by the John Hopkins University, which is in cahoots with Bill Gates, Melinda Gates Foundation. And this was a complete rehearsal of what we did right now. You can yeah. look at this up. They had a patent, too, just to let them know. They, yeah. they named and it. They had a patent. patent for yeah. coronavirus. From 2004, they, like a patent. A they patent. Named, they named it. So therefore, you have a segment where it says, segment, financial, what we gonna do. Segment, travel, what we gonna do. Segment, what we gonna do when it comes to online. And and it said, if anybody is not a part of the narrative, we're going to take it off off online, which to me smells like communism. Yeah. You feel me? And obviously, that's what our families live through, and I'm sure all of our families have similar stories. After Buddy and them did that, which the main doctor that was there, his name was George Fugao. I might not remember the verse of... Fucking the, the verse I was trying to spit, but I remember George you remember Fugal. Fugal. All right, George Fugal is the main doctor for the CDC in China and a virologist out of Wuhan. They real shit now, right? Listening, we here. Now here's where I go. After all of that happens to be about a month later, all the main CEOs in the world, major companies, resign. About a thousand and some change. So that means they pull out high. That means they take the ride high. And then they buy low. Well, everything went from God knows what they did or they didn't do. But either way, I'm talking about Disney, Hulu, Microsoft, Nike, Wells Fargo, Boeing. You name it. You look at them. And this is the part that I got to talk to the world about is that 
That's the tail wagging the dog, punny. Well, y'all worried about followers and likes and who's on TikTok and Instagram. Mind you, when I was growing up, and Instagram was real simple. Tell your chico pitbull, Mr. 305, better say. Okay. That was uh, rapper or musician Pitbull talking about uh, just what's going on in the world today and how it compares to communist takeovers uh, of other countries and things of that nature um, how people conceded freedoms to the government uh, he, you know, he mentioned a lot in there um, but it's just kind of interesting facts you know to hear from somebody like that not saying he's uh, an expert or we should follow celebrities and what they say and do but he's a first generation Cuban American right he says that he knows what giving all this power over to the government does and giving up freedom in other words what happens there and so the more freedom we give them or more more of our freedoms we give to the government the more they take you know um and he even says, you know, anybody that doesn't follow the narrative on social media, they practiced already where they're going to ban those people, right? So, that being said, this is Big John. I'm here on Americana, the American way. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the real underscore Big John on uh, what's that new thing? Telegram at uh, Americana hyphen the American way, and of course YouTube and uh, I'm I'm like not with it tonight. YouTube and Rumble Americana the American way. Um, and all, that's the same on all the podcast platforms you're listening to. So, was watching the Super Bowl. I still am. But, unless Kansas City can overcome the uh, defense of Tampa Bay, it seems like it's for all intents and purposes. <laughs> over and done with. Tampa Bay's winning 31 to 9, although Kansas City is starting to <laughs> come to life here on this drive. Um, so, I'm going to end this podcast with um, a message from Kamala Harris for coal miners and what your uh, um 
what coal miners' future can be. I did not believe this until I saw it and heard it with my own uh, ears. And there's more to it. But she literally says they can go uh, look for unexploded landmines and ordinances. Huh? That's what our military does, first and foremost. I guess I'm going to talk about it now. Um, might as well just play the damn clip, too. If this technology of mine will cooperate. It never does. Um, of course, during the pandemic, has been a major issue, as you've touched on. Um, adding to yeah. that uncertainty, people in traditional energy jobs um, have concerns about the Biden administration. Investing in American manufacturing, job creation in terms of investing in American infrastructure and building up, back up American infrastructure, job creation around, for example, all of those skilled workers who are in the coal industry and, and, and transferring those skills to what we need to do in terms of dealing with reclaiming abandoned um, uh, landmines, what we need to do around plugging leaks from oil and gas abandoned um, uh, landmines, what we need to do around dealing with reclaiming abandoned um, uh, landmines, what we need to do around. What the hell is she talking about? Is she talking about like literal, literal, like battlefield landmines? I'll take my hat off since I got a haircut. Um, or is she talking about like abandoned mines that are sinking and causing radon gas? Or, well, you don't want them running around down there for radon gas, but I mean, what the hell is she talking about? I don't know. But uh, to Pitbull's thing, you know, and this Time Magazine article, I want to try to unpack if I can do it in 20 minutes. Um, there was a big push before the election to regulate information. And part of that regulating of information was... Uh, Oh my God. Oh. Dang. Mahomes got away from being almost a 30 yard sack. And then he heaved it to the end zone and it got broken up. But he was falling down and must have thrown the ball about 20 or 30 yards. Well, anyways. There was this talk before the election, you know, about um, suppressing information and disinformation. Now, this Time Magazine article has come out, um, and it's it actually has two titles to it. But there's one, the, the secret bipartisan campaign that saved the 2020 election, and then they... they Anyways, they're just trying to be melodramatic in this, but 
the secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, but there was information suppression. And it was planned out. And it's in this article in Time Magazine. Also, it says in here, remember we were all told that, hey, we have to have this big early voting push because of the coronavirus. Well, the big push for mail-in voting and early voting actually started in 2019, in October 2019. And uh, perhaps as far back as, um, how was that? Um 2018, this one organization they said is two years old. Well, if it's two years old in in 2020, that means they started in 2018. So there's been a, a push for at-home voting pre-pandemic. They just used the pandemic to uh, scare us into uh, allowing all of this mail-in balloting and early voting and ballot drop boxes uh, and things of that nature. But the vote, the information suppression, or they tried to call it, you know, suppressing disinformation. But we knew the Hunter Biden laptop scandal was real from day one. Although uh, NPR said, we're not going to cover it. This is you know, just out there to try and change the results of the election. Well, a new poll says that 4.6% of Biden voters would not have voted for Biden if they knew about the Hunter Biden laptop. Biden won by 4.4%. So really, Trump could have won the popular vote and the Electoral College with the narrowest of victories, two point or 0.2%, if that Hunter Biden laptop scandal with all of the evidence that Biden, the Biden crime family and whatnot were involved with all these foreign governments. Um, but I did some of the lowlights of this article because there's so much to unpack. And I'll put the link in the descriptions and you can read it for yourselves and see what you think of it. Um, but it's it basically flat out says there, there in fact was a conspiracy against Donald Trump as he claimed. And... It involved, you know, big tech. It involved lobbyists. Uh, everything in the swamp. You know, millionaires, former uh, congressional members turned lobbyists. All of the things Trump campaigned against, except for the people. Um, so... The article starts out by saying there was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes. 
There was a joint statement from the Chamber of Commerce and AFL-CIO published on Election Day. These people... They... Um, they successfully pressured social media companies to take a hard line against disinformation, which means against information, because the people that decide what is disinformation are giving you their opinion, and their fact checkers are people like you and me sometimes, just sitting in a room going, well... We can look this up, and this is out of context, and, you know, this meme is that, and this article is that. They shut down, what was it, the New York Post article? Shut down their Twitter page over the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. And it was a totally false story. Now, Time Magazine is coming out and using words like a, there was a cabal of you know wealthy elites and things of this nature now they're using the word conspiracy right in the article have they had their twitter page suspended for pushing a conspiracy theory no because the people involved in it want to brag about it now Uh, in the first couple paragraphs, the second odd thing that happened amid Trump's attempt to reverse the election result, corporate America turned on him. Hundreds of major business leaders, many of whom had backed Trump's candidacy, told him to uh, concede. Uh, that's not what I want to go to. Uh, there was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes. One both curtailed, that both curtailed the protest and coordinated resistance from CEOs. Both surprises were the result of an informal alliance between left-wing activists and business titans. This pact was formalized in a trace. Whoops. Little noticed joint statement. Little noticed joint statement by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and AFL-CIO published on Election Day. Both sides would come to see it as a sort of implicit bargaining, implicit bargaining inspired by the summer's massive, sometimes 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 destructive racial justice protests, in which forces of labor came together with forces of capital, as in money, to keep the peace and oppose Trump's assault on democracy. Whoa, they, he, he was just all about assaulting democracy. I mean, you remember that time that, you know, Trump took away people's guns and free speech and, oh yeah, he never did those things. Well, remember all those jobs? Trump canceled his first day in office. Oh, wait, that was Biden. See, the problem is with uh, unions. 
you guys think they're protecting your job and they're fighting for you and this and that. And it's not the, the cronies at the top that I'm, I'm going to talk about. Um, that they get rich off of the union dues, the, the big wig, uh, you know, hobnobbing with the politicos and all these things. Okay, just like politicians in Congress, the higher up they get, the more money they make outside of Congress, right? We talked about that a million times. So, it says that they recruited armies of poll workers. Now, is that their? Is that the job of private individuals and private companies to? I mean, where I come from, the local boards of elections recruit the poll workers, but they wanted their people at the polls, right? These unions and liberal organizations and lefties in general. But was Hunter Biden's laptop disinformation? Well, that's what we've been told. And now we're being told, oh, hey, what? All oh, that was real. Those emails about Joe and save 10% for the big guy. Oh, that was all true. Shit. <laughs> Not to mention, there was the big push for mail in balloting. Mail in ballots were accepted at a much higher rate this election than they ever have been in the past. Usually, there's a very high rejection rate for mail in ballots. Not this time. So it goes into the alliance. They're like subheadings within this 6,500 word time article. And it hits newsstands on uh, February 15th. It's a good day, right after Valentine's Day, right? Um, I'll probably get a copy or two just for the historic uh, aspect of it. But um, there's this guy called Pod Horser. What a name. Uh, he knew Trump would not concede. Uh, he And that Trump would use right wing his right-wing information system to uh, establish his narrative and incite his supporters. So this Podhorzer, Horzer, Pod, P-O-D-H-O-R-Z-E-R. All right, I don't know how else you would pronounce it other than Podhorzer. Uh, he began ha holding Zoom meetings with Labor, Planned Parenthood, oh, there's an upstanding organization, uh, a group called Indivisible, Move On, which is uh, the moveon.org bunch that started in like, what was it, the late late 90s after uh, the Clinton impeachment. They There was an online pe petition called Move On. And it was moveon.org, and then they turned into a political faction. Of course, you had to have big money donors involved in this, and then you had to have grassroots organizers. So those were the people on Podhorzer's Zoom calls. In April, they started doing two and a half hour weekly Zoom meetings with five minute presentations. Uh, and this is all in the Time Magazine article. I'm not making any of this up. They uh, they did 
during the two and a half hours, there were five minute presentations, which uh, talked about, you know, which ads were working, which me messaging was working and legal strategies, uh, which ads to share. What I'm thinking when they say which ads, they mean, you know, which ads to share and promote um, messaging, you know, like key talking points to tell people what they wanted to hear. And then legal strategy, who to sue and how. Okay. In March, activists appealed to Congress to steal, or pardon me, steer COVID relief money to election administration. And this is something Republicans got beat up on. Oh, you want people to go out to the polls and die of COVID, even though Fauci and Burks said it was safe to go to the polls. Okay. We're supposed to listen to science, right? Dr. Fauci, who hasn't seen a patient in 30 years, but he's the man. He might be the man. He, uh, what the hell do I know? But, uh, so in the CARES Act, they got $400 million put towards uh, elections. And this was for stuff like uh, PPE for election workers. It was supposed to be for uh, states that had to mail a ballot to everyone. Well, $400 million doesn't go very far. So private ph philanthropists... Private philanthropy stepped in. People like Mark Zuckerberg, who contributed $300 million, along with censoring us on Facebook. I almost got kicked off Facebook entirely twice. I was on my third strike. If I would have gotten one more violation for sharing a joke, a meme, I would have had my Facebook locked. In fact, I, I got the 24-hour block on commenting and posting um, and these things I was posting were jokes come on fact checkers learn to take a freaking joke so anyways um, then there's this two-year-old organization I'm, I mentioned it's called the National Vote at Home Institute it's two years old COVID wasn't even a twinkle in its daddy's eyes two years before 2020 Okay, uh, it's headed by a, a kind of uh, a lady named uh, Amber McReynolds. They gave advice to local boards of elections on what vendors to use, like Dominion software. I, I don't know that they recommended Dominion, but that's the that's what a vendor would be if you worked at a, an elections board. Uh, where to and how to put out drop boxes for ballots. I think that was one of the worst things they did it was those drop boxes. I mean, if you can drop it in a box, you can drop it off at your local boards of elections. They're just making us lazy voters. And voting is not just a right. I've always said it's a privilege. You should on take honor in your voting, you know, you should take pride in going to that poll or sending in that absentee ballot, but whatever. They also 
uh, this National Vote at Home Institute with the money they got from the federal government and Zuckerberg and wherever else they could scrounge, uh, sent out communication kits because, you know, not every little board of elections can afford um, a press secretary. So they made press kits and handed them out to the boards of elections. Wow. Um, the Institute helped 37 states and the District of Columbia bolster mail-in voting. That's the National Vote from Home Institute I'm referring to. The Voter Participation Center, or yes, Center, which is another organization, uh, they had to stop going door to door, and instead they focused on, uh, they used focus groups, excuse me, that would tell them how to get out the vote. And they did massive mail-in, um, or mailed out massive, like, absentee ballot request forms. And a lot of them said official elections mail on them. They made it look like it was coming from your board of elections or something like that. And my mom kept asking me, and I got like five or six of these. I'm like, Mom, these are just uh, organizations sending these things out. Now you're learning the names of the organizations. Uh, the National Vote From Home Institute, Voter Participation Center. They were the ones sending out repeatedly absentee ballot requests to people. Uh, yeah, and this all sounds good and wonderful and splendid until you realize it was all one-sided. These groups were being manipulated to focus and get people out to vote for Biden by this Podhorzer and these other people. And looking at some of their social medias, they look like um, they're kind of lean lefty anyway. Um, so they were basically doing the dirty work to get people out to vote not for Trump. Not to vote for Trump, however you want to say that. Uh, you know, they used mailings and digital ads to urge people to not wait till Election Day. You know, which ended up setting up the massive mail-in ballot dumps we saw the morning after the election. And there will be more on that later. Um, in Philadelphia, they sent out a voter safety kit. I don't know which organization this was, the Voter Participation Center, I think. Uh, they sent out voting safety kits with masks, hand sanitizer, and information brochures. I wonder what was in those brochures. You know, what did those brochures say? Was it candidate information? Or was it, you know, well, this is how you, you know, you would think if they're a non, non-partisan, in quotes, organization, it would be like, you know, this is how to fill out your ballot. This is what you need to take to the polls for identification. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was information slanted towards Biden and anti-Trump. And, of course, Democrat lawyers fought lawsuits. Uh, lawsuits because election laws were being changed 
by state courts, secretaries of state, and governors who do not have any constitutional or state power to do so. The power of the uh, over voting in a federal election, it says, goes to the state legislature and any changes need to be made by the state legislature. And these lawsuits that were thrown out were not thrown out on merit. They were thrown out on technicalities. Uh, one example I used is during the primaries here in Ohio, the governor and the secretary of state lost an, and they're Republicans, they lost um, a battle to cancel election day voting and go to an all-mail-in voting system and move the primary date back a few months. And they lost the lawsuit, and so they turned to the director of health, and she, uh, with her power, was able to cancel all mass gatherings, which included elections. Shady. This... Uh, However, uh, their efforts were successful. 50% of votes were by mail, or around 50%, but it, it, they don't give a specific. It just says approximately 50%. Around 25% were early in-person mail-in, or pardon me, early in-person voting. And then the last 25% was on election day, which shows you you know, that last 25% was almost all Trumpers. Um, you know, and I can't get ahead of myself because I know what the article says, but I'm trying to stick with what my notes say. So, like I said, this planning of all this for uh, for the early voting and the mass mail-in voting started in October 2019. You still had not heard of COVID in October 2019. Although there are reports of people who caught COVID and had the symptoms, but there was no COVID virus in October 2019. So we were all lied to by our politicians who were manipulated by these lobbyists and uh, activist groups behind the scenes that we had to do mail-in balloting because of COVID. All right. Now, here's the disinformation defense, they called it. Uh, it really means suppress information. You know, i.e. example, EX, whatever. The Hunter Biden laptop. The videos of quid pro Joe. Ooh, somebody just got a nasty dislocated finger in the Super Bowl. Um, so... As Cliff Clavin said on Cheers, the great television program, when you control the mail, you control information. 
Or maybe that was the guy on Seinfeld. Maybe that was Newman from Seinfeld. Anyway, somebody said that on television when I was a kid. In 2020, when you control social media, you control information. And they did a, a big information suppression by you know getting in the ear of Mark Zuckerberg. He had um, a dinner at his home for uh, you know a, a lot of left-wing uh, organization leaders, um, and you know they got in his ear and got him to re- to, sh- to tighten down. The restrictions on what you could post and what you couldn't. Okay. Then the next subheading is spreading the word. Uh, despite what Trump is saying, mail-in ballots weren't susceptible to fraud. The article says. Now, in my experience, all voting is susceptible to fraud. Okay. Um, it, it, where there are people. Republican or Democrat, you're going to have people that try to bend the rules and break the rules. And when Republicans try to get people to follow the rules, they call it voter suppression. Okay? I've listened to this since I got involved uh, in 98 and then really 2000. That was the first big election. Uh, But anyways... um, here are my experiences. One time I worked at a polling location in, in uh, Akron. We had 114 people come in and with that were not in our vote, voter book. And we told them, you, you can't cast a ballot. Well, I just moved to this area from, you know, such and such area. And we said, well, you can vote provisional. And there was a big controversy back then about provisional ballots, provisional ballots, um, and poll watchers to make sure people weren't cheating and blah, blah, woof, woof. Well, all 114 people that we made vote provisional at my polling location had their ballot cast aside because they did not live in that area. They never brought in proof that they lived in that area. They were not registered to vote in that area. Uh, some of them they found out were registered to vote in other areas. So how many polling locations did were those people able to go to on that day back in it was like 2004 maybe and say, hey, I'm, you know, not from this or I just moved to this precinct. Uh, can I vote here? Uh, you know. Uh, I'm not on the books. Well, that's because I just moved here, you know. Um, Also, there was one guy up there that registered to vote in all 400 and some odd precincts in the city of Akron. That guy got turned into the FBI and I think spent some time in jail. So wherever there are humanoids, you're going to have people that try to break the rules. When you're a Republican, you're accused of breaking the emotional rules by trying to make people follow the rules. Strange world we live in, people. Strange world. Um, Then we get to a section called Spreading the Word. Dick Gephardt, who's a pretty well-known name in American politicking, 
former uh, House of Representatives Democrat, he turned to high-powered lobbyists and raised $20 million from private people to help fund this effort. Now, this is what Trump talks about when he says drain the swamp. Dick Gephardt, I do believe now himself is a lobbyist, which is one of the things Trump wanted to get rid of is people that spend, you know, umpteen years in Congress or a state house or government job and then use their connections to become uh, lobbyists. Um, lobbyists and money run Washington. It's that simple. There's a big deal now to put in... So, I had to text my mother. That's why there was a pause. Um, these people, that that's their life. This is all they can do. The, Joe Biden and his family, that's all they could do, was get into politics, get their kids into politics. And they ride, ride on Trump about, you know, giving his kids jobs, but, you know, he gets gives them jobs in his private company that's a totally different thing that's not the taxpayers dime anyways uh the next section is called people power i hate this but they used uh they wanted to use the momentum from the george floyd death to get people motivated the um black lives matter the other, you know, civil rights organizations that wanted to ride that power to get their people to the polls. I don't have anything against Black Lives Matter, the NAACP, whatever other organizations are out there, getting their constituents to the polls, which are predominantly black people. That's fine. That's great. Everybody... In America, all 300 million of us need to be at the polls every election day. The problem is usually about 25% of us show up. Okay? But the thing that chaps my ass still about this George Floyd stuff is they... He was a drug addict who overdosed in police custody. If he hadn't died on... in, the, in on front of, or in front of that cell phone camera, he would have died at the hospital probably. There was a ton of fentanyl in his system, but people like Dick Gephardt, this pod horser, they wanted to use the emotions of that videotaped dying of a man to fuel their cause to get rid of Trump. Even though Trump did so much for the black community that the media... And these bastards refuse to report. Um, it says they used uh, the George Floyd momentum to harness the Democracy Defense Coalition 
uh, and Black Lives Matter to create election day defenders trained in de-escalation. They had jo joy to the polls, block parties on election day. Um, and basically it was there to keep, they were there to keep people from, you know, not walking away from like long lines at the polls on election day and to get people to come out to vote. It was, it's a brilliant strategy. Don't get me wrong. Brilliant strategy. Um, but I'll link this article in the description. It hits the newsstands in about a week. So you can check it out then for yourself. Um, but this is how the election was was won. If you want to believe that Joe Biden really got 80 million votes and you know what, we'll, we'll go with that. This is how it was done. Social media locked people down. They admit to this now. And... They used lobbyist, lobbyists, money, and uh, influence and emotion to accomplish their mission. And, you know, Trump was right. There were, this, it, it, this article flat says, it uses the word conspiracy. And it says there was a cabal of people that were just out to get Trump unelected. Why they would want to do that? Because they care more about emotions than they care about people. They care more about their agenda than they do about actual people. That's all there is to it, folks. The Democrats, the liberals have been doing it since the 60s. You know, they encouraged uh, the hippie movement to go into education. Why? Because if you can teach the kids... Uh, and college students, you know, these radical anti-American ideologies, then they accomplish their end game. You know, Kamala Harris doesn't mind if a Westford third or fifth generation coal miner gets blown up digging up uh, for land mines that were planted in some war that we forgot about. As long as it accomplishes their goal of uh, getting rid of coal and going to wind turbines. They don't care about hurting our own energy independence and enriching China, Russia, Venezuela uh, with oil money as long as it accomplishes their goal of zero carbon emissions in the United States by 2035. 14 years from now. <clears throat> and you know what? The thing of it is, it took... Joe Biden's been in office a month now, right? Less than a month. Way less than a month. I'm watching the Super Bowl advertisements, and Chevrolet already has out a... Um, electric vehicle, and they're advertising campaign is Denmark or Sweden or somewhere sells more electric vehicles than the United States. We got to make America number one in electric vehicles. Well, Joe Biden didn't do that. Joe Biden didn't build Tesla. Elon Musk did. 
So the market is demanding electric vehicles. So if they would just leave stuff alone, you could have your Keystone XL pipeline for the present and move uh, maybe with tax incentives uh, and things like that to get your electric cars and your solar panels and windmills and shit for the future. But you don't have to kill off an industry and say, yeah, you know, wait a little while and uh, go dig up some landmines. And, uh, you know, we'll get you a job here in America eventually. Um, you know, and Kamala Harris's thing that I didn't play in that clip um, for time's sake. Because I knew this was going to be long. Trying to go unravel all this horse shit that this Time Magazine article said. And I didn't even get to my last section I wanted to talk about. Um, it's, again, it's a very lengthy article. Um, but, you know, she said that, you know, when Joe Biden talks about green new energy and blah, 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 really, he's talking about, um, the first thing he mentions are jobs, 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 jobs. How many jobs can we create with green energy? Well, it better be a lot because what I hear is on top of the 10,000 physical jobs at the Keystone Pipeline that he killed his first day in office, there's going to be a ripple effect and it's going to hit another 100,000 people. Like when they, I go back to when they shut down the steel mills, didn't just hurt that 10, those 5,000 people that got laid off on Black Monday or however many it was, it rippled out. It hurt the barber. It hurt the Get the grocery store, the gas station, the restaurants. Uh, so, anyways, God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I'll link this article in the descriptions uh, so you can read it for yourself. Looks like Tom Brady has his seventh Super Bowl championship with a... Um, 31-9 win over the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Tampa Bay defense deserves the MVP award, but I'm sure it will go to Tom Brady. Anyways, God bless you guys. Pray for each other, and I'll talk to you the next time. Make sure this is all done recording.